Coming up with some creative and consistent content for your church newsletter and social media channels can be challenging at times. Today we're going to talk with Rachel Baird from Abundant Life Brazilian Church as she shares some great ideas on content for your church. Next on the Church Solutions Podcast. Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And welcome once again to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, how are you today? I am doing okay. Another day in Tucson, Arizona, where the weather is very nice today after having lots of hot weather. Well, we're, uh, we're glad that everyone has joined us today on our podcast, and we have a, a guest today. Uh, we've had her on before, about a month or so ago, talking about a different topic, but we have Rachel Baird with us today. Rachel, how are you? I am well. Thank you for asking. Well, it's, it's good to have you, and you're from Florida. How's everything in Florida? It's Probably about as nice as it is over there. <laughs> well, good. All right. Except not as not, not as much rain. So uh, Rachel is uh, actually the community success manager at uh, Share, and we actually talked with her and Matt about a month ago with about what Share was. Share is really uh, uh, well. Tell us real quickly what Share is, because that's not what we're going to talk about today. But but tell us very briefly what Share is. So Share is a marketplace full of Christian freelancers where churches or ministries or just Christian businesses in general can go on and get services done, basically creative services by freelancers. So video editing, um, graphic design, content writing, podcast hosting, basically any kind of media creative need that you would have if you're a church or a ministry. All right. Good deal. And if, uh, if you, you want more information on that, just reach out to us. But we had a great interview with you and Matt. I don't know when it was it a month or two ago and uh, something like that <laughs> really good content time flies when you're having fun but today we're going to talk about really uh, creating content for your church because Rachel uh, does a lot of content work for her own church in Florida the name of your church is abundant life Brazilian church are you Brazilian my husband is Brazilian all right what's your husband's name he is will pastor will all right, Pastor Will. And so, uh, you you know, we're in a time, obviously, I don't want to remind everybody, but with this COVID-19 thing, uh, it's more important than ever that we reach out to people in our own church and even other churches, uh, or not other churches, we don't care, we don't want to, well, maybe you do, but we don't want to reach other churches, we want to reach people <laughs> that aren't going to church. <laughs> and and uh, even during this COVID time, uh, there's ways to do that, there's creative ways to do that. And that's what we're going to talk with Rachel about today. So Rachel, <laughs> I'm a pastor, or I'm an associate pastor, uh, or I'm very much a key volunteer in my church. And I, you know, we're in this difficult time right now. Uh, maybe we're meeting with smaller groups of people. Uh, maybe we're doing more online stuff. How can I, what, what are some basic steps to creating some content, some fresh content uh, that would help stimulate me and help me with my church? So, of course, every single church has the flow, the routine of that particular church. And I always encourage churches, stay with that. You don't necessarily have to go and imitate Bethel and imitate Hillsong and Elevation and all the big churches. Your church has its own particular feel, its own 
flow, its own, um, you know, you walk in and the people are a certain way. So I would say you start with the people who are in your church. And what we did in our church is we were having our 23rd anniversary celebration. So I put out to the church members, especially our core, that we were going to do a series of videos about the church. And I wanted to have testimonies that could be either things that had happened to you in the church, um, you know, how you came to the church, what the church means to you. And so I had all of these people film these testimonies and that gave me a starting point for a ton of great content. I, um, we had a similar exercise. Now you mentioned it. Um, we had our 25th anniversary for our church and they reached out to me and and others in the church, you know, to, for content. And we had a, a very similar celebration. We had a big party. We actually went back to the facility that we met in for for years, um, which was a high school cafeteria and held the, uh, held our anniversary party back in the uh, high school cafeteria. So yeah, it was, it was fun coming up. And and for me, I, I had done all kinds of crazy stuff. One of them, one of the feature pizzas was a video of you, Phil. Uh-oh. Um, remember <laughs> when we, we were, we were trying to be cutting innovative, uh, group of people, probably in the mid, 90s or so and we pretended that um i was a visitor to the church coming through the front door but i was behind the camera (laughs) phil greeted us at the door and then he introduced me to the children's people and then you're he walked me all around the church and uh, then we eventually ended up in the worship area it was fun yeah wow it was fun to go back and watch (laughs) yeah i bet that was wow my hair was darker then so uh uh, you know, Rachel, you, you talked about video and we're actually going to show a video here in a few minutes of, of something you did, which I thought was a really great video. But why do you think video is so important uh, to creating content? I think especially for churches, what a lot of churches are trying to do is show people what happens when you encounter Jesus and show people what happens when you encounter a community of people who are in love with Jesus. So you can do that with quotes and you could do that with, you know, snippets of the pastor's message. But when a person is going to visit your church they're yes, they're going to sit and they're going to hear the worship team and they're going to see the pastor, but they're going to make friends with the people in the congregation. And when you can show people that a life is impacted and they can hear a story from that particular person, it humanizes the whole process. It's no longer, you know, maybe you haven't been to church ever, or you haven't been to church in a while and you're kind of nervous. You don't know how you're going to feel. And then you see a video of this person. It's a real story. You're going to meet them when you go to the church. And this is the type of person that's at the church. It just completely changes the way that person views the church. And for those who are trying to bring in visitors, it could be the difference between someone saying this church has people like me in it. This could be a place for me. And them saying, you know, I don't like the wallpaper in the picture. I'm not going because people will find extremely weird reasons to not visit churches. But I mean, in our series that we did, I we have a variation of people in our church, even though we're very, very small. But I have people who are older, who are younger, who are Brazilian, who are not Brazilian, different. We have a lot of different um, ethnicities actually in our church. So that little variety that we have, I think it's 12 videos total that I have up so far. You could, you could find anything. You find a man, find a woman, old, young, 
Brazilian, not Brazilian, and find somebody who looks kind of like you and hear how they came and what they experienced when they came to the church. So the video aspect of that, you can read a story, but that's very different than looking at someone's face, seeing their expressions, hearing their voice. How, um, how common do you think the challenge is for churches to come up with content every, every week? You talked about the rhythm, but I would think that it would be a pretty common challenge for churches to every single week, you know, coming up with more and more content. Is that a, is that true or? Yeah, I think that before COVID started, it was definitely something most churches aspired to do better. But now post COVID, especially with a lot of churches, like Phil said at the beginning, that are not even meeting, it's really, really difficult to find things that are going to be new and interesting. And the other thing is that a lot of the content that they're coming up with is from the team because you can't even be around people so much. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be the same pastors and the same people. And I think there's a lot of life in including the rest of the congregation because whether or not your church was creating a lot of content before COVID and the amount of content you create, most of the content is going to be the team. So if you have a big team, it's great. You can have a variation of people. There can be, you know, like a bunch of different people potentially in the camera. And if you have a smaller church like we do, it's going to be me probably in front mm -hmm. of the camera creating content, unless it's a sermon. The only person who's going to be willing to get in front of a camera and do something is me, but that would get really boring. So mm -hmm. I figured let's pull in some other people because there is, there is a lot of rigmarole around finding right. things to post right. about. And so how open was the, the congregation to helping mm -hmm. you out? They were very open. I just should have been more, um, should have pressed people a little bit harder on our deadlines. But um, initially I had asked for video testimonies and I was like, we're going to do phone in landscape mode and you're going to put it on the, you know, on a desk and against a book or something. So it stays up and you're going to do your testimony. And then I realized that that was just totally not going to happen, especially with the girls because they wanted to be all nice, <laughs> but I, I didn't get videos from the guys either. So maybe the guys wanted to look nice too. I don't know. And then I just went to audio. So I was like, okay, if you guys can just get me an audio, I will cut together the video and then I will put together these videos. Let's uh, let's go ahead and run this video now. If you're listening to us, so so for those of you listening to audio only, this is still, you'll get a lot out of this. Uh, you just won't see the video part. And of course, those of you who are watching us on YouTube or watching us on streamingchurch.tv, we have a, a lot of our videos. We, we video as well as do audio on these podcasts. So let's go ahead and run that and then, uh, you can kind of tell us uh, after it's done. This is a little about two minutes long or so, and we'll run this. And then I want you to come back, Rachel, and, and tell me a little bit about how this. Tell me the story about this because there's an interesting story. The gentleman that's talking here uh, actually became a pastor later. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. And so, uh, so I'm going to run this right now, and then we'll come right back. And uh, I think it's it's pretty cool. And so uh, uh, here it is. When I think of Abundant Life Brazilian Ministries, I really am filled with such joy and gratitude. Um, because it was not only, it, was not, it wasn't a church to me, it was actually a place where I got saved. I mean, it was a ministry that, that not only led me to the Lord, but helped me to fall in love with Him, to fall in love with Jesus. And I remember coming in as an 18 year old and seeing a church 
where people clapped, where people danced, where God spoke. And I just remember being shocked by that. There was actually a place that God actually did that. You know, and, and then when I think of a ministry whose fruit is, is are people that have 10 years plus following God, that is something to be admired. You know, I think of my own life and how I walked in as an 18 year old and, and you know, in almost 15 years now, I think it's more than that actually, 15 years plus later, I still am in love with him. And I owe that to, to abundant life. I owe that to that ministry. And, and I'm just so glad to have been a part of that, you know. I, I see a church where they, not only does is God real, but they show you how to love him. They show you how to love him in the marketplace, how to love him in worship, how to love him in the word, how to love him in prayer. You know, and, and, I, and my life will literally forever be different because of that ministry. I mean, will forever be changed because it was there that I learned the value of prayer. I learned the value of the word. And when you think about eternity, the Bible says that the churches that are remembered, the ministries that are remembered are not those that have a ton of money, that have a big building, that have all the cars, but are the ones who produce lovers of God. It says that his eyes go to and fro looking for those that worship him in his spirit and in truth. And if your ministry produces that type of people, I mean, that is a great ministry from the perspective of eternity. And to have been part and to have seen that is forever going to mark my life. You know, happy 23rd anniversary. It's such a privilege to have been a part and, and to see that it's still growing and still giving fruit. Okay, so Rachel... Tell us now, this is this is the young man, well, he's, well, I don't know how young he is now, but he's this still is, young. He's my age. <laughs> okay. He's your age. All right. We won't ask how old you are. Uh, but uh, so he, he, this is interesting because he talks about, he, you know, he, he walks in the church and then he kind of tells a story and, and later on he actually is ordained, right? As a pastor. Uh, yes. So tell us how that whole thing came about. So, um, Pastor Lewis came to the church when he was about 18, which is when I met him. We were in high school and he ended up, um, he stayed in the church and he became a deacon. And then I, I don't remember how long it took for him to become a deacon. I was actually in California while all of this was happening. This is when my husband and I were living in California and then he was ordained a pastor. So there was a part in the video where he's wearing, a a Jewish talit, which I don't know, my father-in-law decided to give that to the pastors when they got ordained. So there's a picture that's him getting ordained, which he, he got ordained the same week he got married. So my husband and I came in January of, I think it was 2010 and he was ordained and he was married in the same week. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's kind of a big deal. And yeah. And then and then maybe like three years ago, my husband and I moved back from California to our church five years ago. And about three years ago, he moved with his family to Pennsylvania for a job. But the story that he tells is interesting because it's from the perspective of someone who came, got saved in our church, and then they moved on. But obviously, he's still very close to the people in the church and to the church itself. So it's a story of a long-term relationship. And he says that in the video that um, it's great when you have people who have been in your church for a long time. I realize with, with church plants, that might be more difficult, but 
it's nice to have a variety of people who have been in your church for a long time. And they can say like, no, I've, I've been in this church. Like I've seen how things are. This is really how it is. And other people who have just gotten there and have said like, yeah, I, I've only been here for a little while, but I really like this place and I want to stay. Yeah. And so you put, so he narrated this, but he put footage in, uh, you put footage in from a, a long, quite a span of time. Where'd you get the footage? Where'd you get the video? <laughs> so, uh, when we got the idea to do a 23rd anniversary celebration, it's like a really random year, but we just felt like if there's a year to celebrate your continued existence, this was it. So I, um, I looked up how difficult it would be to render footage. And I found out that it's actually not that difficult to rip VHS tapes onto digital. It's just very time consuming. So I bought the cables and my mother-in-law had all of this footage that she's been carrying around forever. So I just had church services running in my living room for a week, like all day long. And I rendered all the footage for her. So now it's all digitized. And, um, some of the services that were digitized, I was, I was at, so I knew where to find footage of him, but yeah. So I pieced together kind of like skipped through the videos, got the footage, put it together on a video editing program. And then, and then the rest is history. Now, what you did was really kind of unique because you took VHS footage and you had to convert it and all that stuff. But, but for today, you know, as you were saying earlier, uh, people can, can do a lot of this on the phone and, uh, it's not going to be quite as time consuming as, as what you had to put into it. Yeah. And I have actually a lot of members who were not able to give me the audio in time or they were just new and I didn't have any footage of them. And they asked if they could send me their testimonies. And I was like, yeah, if you guys want to continue doing this, just send me the footage. And the other thing that we've thought of doing, which we just haven't done yet because it's, it's time consuming enough with everything that's going on to set up and we're only meeting once a week, but um, there's a organization called one for Israel and they have stories from Jews who have, who have come to believe in Israel and Muslims who have come to believe in Jesus in Israel. And what they do is they have a white chair for the Jews. That's just how it started. And then when they started filming the Muslim testimonies, they got a different chair that's blue. And so what I love about those videos is that they picked a spot. And if you see that chair, someone in that chair come up in your feed, you don't even need to see where it's from. You know, it's from that ministry. And we had thought about doing that at our church, like staging a spot that everybody would sit in that chair in that spot and they would tell the story. So if we did it enough, which we still might do, people would just see it in their feed and they would recognize that, that if they see that it's a testimony from this church. And, um, most people that have started watching the testimonies from one for Israel, they'll sit and watch like 20 videos. I mean, the videos are full of amazing stories and, once you connect with them, you'll go back to it if you see the set. So that's another idea for churches who have a place where they can stage. It doesn't have, doesn't have to be a big area, but just a small space with a chair and, you know, whatever else you want to put, maybe buy a poster or a picture of your, your um, logo or something like that. And if you stage a small area in your church, you can have people do it at home or you can select a time, you know, before or after service to just have people sit down and sit talk for five minutes in front of the camera in the staged area. And then when the video comes up, you know, week after week, however many people do it, people will recognize what it is. So um, at my home church, we do, I mean, there's, there's a different message every week, right? So there's different themes and different um, things going on is, 
are, are um, and what has been, I think, effective in, is the fact that we do have some videos of people that are consistent with that that theme. Do you think is that something that churches would want to do in their regular weekly communication? Is hit up some of their members for you know we're talking on I don't know what it be marriage, and so let's let's get the couple that's been married for you know fifty five years or something. Is that is that something that that churches would do as well to rely on some of their staff for the weekly communications, you know, whether it's for Instagram or your newsletter or whatever, right? Is that we're talking about all the content, right? I think that's a great idea. I think honestly that right now churches are scrambling to come up with ways to get things out and some churches are able to do it better than others. A lot of it depends on who you have in your church and whether or not that person is well-versed in different forms of content. But I feel like members right now are a huge untapped source of content for churches. And I love what you're saying. I haven't seen that, but I'm, that sounds great. I mean, for announcements I've seen, but like tapping into members who could say something about the topic that's being spoken on. I think that's also really good. I mean, you need to know who in your church is going to fit that. Obviously, if you want to, if you have people in your church who, you know, are really solid on doctrine and you can trust them to give you like good content every single week for, you know, the purposes of educating, then it's great because you have other people in your church and it's not just the pastor, not that there's anything wrong with the pastor, but the purpose of the church is to raise up disciples for Christ. So if you're showing other people what disciples for Christ look like in your church, that helps them understand what your church is doing and who they could become if they come to your church. And that's really what churches are trying to create is a narrative of, if you come to this church, your life can be changed and you can be this other person that you want to be through Jesus. So I think however you find to engage members and uh, members of leadership and members of the congregation in general in creating content for that purpose, it just broadens the narrative. I feel like it actually takes pressure off of the pastor because it's not the pastor's job to convince you through his sermons that this could happen. You're actually seeing people that have sat in this church and have been changed by being a part of the community. And apparently you would, the church would need somebody like a Rachel that would be able to figure out how to take the videos that are submitted and and turn them into something useful, right? Is that, how hard is it to develop that skill or does it, does every church have somebody that's going to be able to do that? Or what's, uh, what are your, what's your advice there? I feel for the youth pastors because I know that a lot of times they're the people, (laughs) youth slash, you know how to do the video editing pastor. But um, yes, obviously it's helpful to have video editing skills this day and age. Um, I will say like a video, like what I did had to be, it was a lot more complex because it was bilingual. The whole, all of the videos that we did were completely bilingual. So they all have captions. So to do something like that, like, yes, you definitely need to have at least a touch of skill. I don't consider myself highly skilled, but I know my way around uh, decent video editing software, but If you want to do something more informal, I think, again, post-COVID, that's way more acceptable. So if you did have someone just put their phone on landscape mode and send you a video, you wouldn't really need to do a whole lot to it, except maybe put in the caption, in the description of the video, wherever you post it, who that is. If you wanted to come up with some church branding, you could have, you know, in the bottom of the screen, like the name of your church and the name of the person, but it's not necessary. So the more 
polished and the more branded you want your videos to look for the church, yes, you would need a video editor. If you're not in a place where you can care about that thing, but you still want to get the content out, I would say um, you'd be surprised how forgiving people are right now of less than stellar video content. The story is really what you're trying to get out and not necessarily the brand, but there are a lot of churches that are not going to put anything out unless it's like branded and pretty and it matches all of the rest of the stuff mm -hmm. that's online. And that's where something like share may come in play, right? If I don't have that skilled person in my church, I can reach out to share.com, S-H-A-A-R.com, right? Dot work. And yes. S-H-A-A-R dot W-O-R-K dot work. Oh, dot yes. work. Okay. Sorry. It's okay. Um, <laughs> and, um, for that, that kind of helped. So I could get, I could do the work of hitting up my congregation for, Hey, we're talking on this and, or whatever it may be, you know, I know someone has this experience, so I want to share that story, have them share that story and they can do the ad, send the video in and we could, if I don't have a video, if I don't have a young kid in my church that can do the video editing, yeah. I can hire one, a freelancer for a part-time job. Yeah. For sure. And especially if you do it the way that I did it, because this was done in bulk. So the videos are being dripped, but this was all done at once. So if you were to get a freelancer on share to do your video editing and you had everything all put together and you gave it to them all at once and said, could you just put all these together and did it as a batch? You can release the videos, you know, piece by piece on, on social media, however you choose to on your schedule, but for sure you could get this done or you could do it as an ongoing thing and just reach out to them whenever you needed video done and send them these videos for sure. Yeah. And, you know, and there is some free software out there for video editing. I, I mean, I've got something that, uh, uh, what's it called? Open shot, Steve. Is that what it's called? I think it's called open shot video editor. Yes. Uh, Movie Maker. I don't know if it's still out there, but I still use Movie Maker. It's a Windows deal and it works. I mean, it's okay. Uh, so there's some free stuff out there as well that you could do. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say there, there is some free stuff. Movie Maker, you can only find as uh, there's something called Mini Movie Maker now, which is free and they will give you Windows Movie Maker if you um, go to their website. I don't remember what it is, but they give it to you because they want you to see that it's not as good as the free thing that they came up with, which I think is a freemium. So eventually you have to pay for it. Oh, okay. um, there's also a website called headliner.io, I think, or headliner.app. And you can get 10 free videos a month without a watermark. And Headliner will actually get captions. They'll help you put the captions. And it will, um, if you want to make those waves where you see people talking and it's it's a, like a circle that moves or a line that moves, it will put those on the video for you. And you can make them in a square or in a, in a widescreen form. So Headliner.app, okay. I have used that also in a pinch. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very possible. Now we're talking obviously a lot about video. We showed that video, uh, and and social media experts will tell us that video gets the most hits usually, and that's what people are posting. People like to look at videos. But we've got a couple minutes here, but we don't always have to do video, right? I mean, you could do some creative content without using video. Uh, you could do audio only with maybe an image or something. 
on it. Uh, you could do some other things. You could mix it up a little bit, right? And it's not, video is not the only answer to creating content. What I like about starting with video though, is that you can build out into all of those things. So yes, you definitely do not need only video. You could just as easily get a picture of your member and a quote from them and right. make a little image that has the picture and the quote. Um, the thing about using video as a starting point or audio or however you want to get the information from your members, once you have the information from your members and you have their permission to use it, then you can do all kinds of things with it. You know, the video that I had, the one you're talking about that you showed was two minutes and 22 seconds, but I had another one where I, I had someone give me eight minutes and I love him to death. And he's been with us since we were all 15. So he has a lot to say. We've been together for like 17 years in the church, but you know, I had to cut that down, but he still gave me all of this material. So if I wanted to pull out, you know, I have like 30 quotes I could pull out of that with his picture and I could make, you know, a little 20 second clip from the audio or, you know, there's all kinds of different things that you can do once you have a starting point. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. Hey, we're running out of time here. Uh, I want to mention. So first of all, I, I didn't mention that you are actually an associate pastor at, at Abundant Life Brazilian Church. Am I correct on that? My husband's the associate pastor. Okay. What are you? <laughs> I am the associate pastor's wife slash oh, okay. media director. Okay. Slash Second in command worship leader slash I sometimes tell the deacons what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good job they have. Now uh, you're also a so- singer songwriter, and and yes. your real name, we're you know we're Rachel Baird is is who we're interviewing here, but your real name is is Geta Fruma. Am I right? So, Geta. <laughs> my Jewish name is Gittel Fruma. Okay, so, so it's my my Jewish name. All right, that's your Jewish name. So yes. uh, look, I'm kind of naive on this. Explain it's to okay. me. Explain to me, that's your Jewish name. Is that the name you were given when you were born? So it's not on any paperwork. It's not on any legal paperwork. But within the Jewish community, if I was like called up to do something in the Jewish community, that's the name that I would, that they would use to call me. Okay. Are you Jewish in your background? Yes. I was brought up as an Orthodox Jew. Okay. All right. Okay, good. So if people want to look up, look up for your music, they could they could look you up under Gettel Fruma, right? Yes. So it's G I T T E L F R U M A dot com okay. is my website for okay. that. Right. And then they could find me on social media. All right. What do you like to be called? Should we should we end this interview by uh, referring to you as Gettel? You could call me Rachel. <laughs> All right. I like both names. All right, good. Well, this is good stuff. So uh, we, you already gave a little bit of contact information, but repeat something, you know, if somebody's in, listening to this and saying, okay, I've got questions about this, or maybe even share, uh, which is what we talked to you and Matt about a, a month or two ago, yeah. how can people get a hold of you? Because I know you're willing to help people. Uh, yeah. So how, how can they get a hold of you? So my email is Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, like the Bible, mm-hmm. at share.work. So S-H-A-A-R-W-O-R-K. And if they send me an email there, I can definitely help them connect with people on Share and figure out how to get their profile started and find a video editor. All right. Super. That would be great. All right. Good deal. Well, look, we're out of time. Thank you, Rachel, for spending a little bit of time with us today on the Church Solutions Podcast. Thank you for having me. 
right. And thank you, Steve. Always good to see you. Uh, we're in the same town, but we don't see each other in person much because of, well, we just don't like each other. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's because of COVID and because we have this modern technology, right? We can do we can do Zoom and Skype and all sorts of stuff. So thanks to you for adding your input to this podcast. Glad to be here. All right. And most of all, thank you, our viewers and our listeners. Uh, if we can help you, if anything, you can reach out to us at support at streamingchurch.tv. That's one of our companies, streamingchurch.tv. We would be happy to help you any way that we can. My name is Phil Thompson. I hope that you have a great day. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you again next time.